0: It's This Week in Bourbon, a new year and new bourbon news coming right at you. And here's your headlines for January 7th, 2022. Beverage Dynamics gives 11 whiskey trends to start watching in 2022. The Tennessee ABC arrests someone for trying to sell Pappy Van Winkle through a Facebook trade. And Whistlepig launches a non-alcoholic whiskey called Piggyback Devil Slide. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. welcome back everybody another great show of this week in bourbon the first one of 2022 hey congratulations happy new year happy new year we made it we made it i'm kind of glad you're back because doing this last week without you it was it was probably rough some of our we probably lost at least 10 listeners because they had to deal with my terrible jokes they fell off after...
1: You should look at the stats, see how long they stayed on. They just <laughs> fell off after two minutes. <laughs> Kenny bantering with himself. Yeah, know. as soon as we said Ryan's not here, it just it went downhill from there. I guess next time, uh I'll just take my sure mic to Mexico and, you know, do it, you know, from my room or something.
0: Or the beach, you know. It's, or the beach. We, you know. Yeah, we, well, we, did this, we did this remotely don't like anyway.
1: like background noise? I, I know better than that. I'd have to
0: find some conference room with no air conditioning, you know. Of that and you'll probably make a lot of people jealous because you're just sipping margaritas and toes in the sand can't get much better than that yeah i will tell you six days of drinking 10 plus
1: margaritas kept <laughs> after about six days you're like all right i'm, I'm ready to be done <laughs> <laughs> it catches up with you pretty quickly yeah and there's not much bourbon there so i think the only thing we had was wild turkey so uh which is fine but after a long day of margaritas you'd Wild Turkey One Hundred Ones,
0: you know, hit you pretty hard. So yeah, it's, I'd say it's a pretty welcome thing to have as well. So exactly. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into this, and, and our first one is really looking at beverage dynamics and what they predict are the biggest American whiskey trends and, and trends in twenty twenty two, and I'll kind of go over these. I, I don't want to spend too much on them because we we would end up spending thirty minutes on them, but we'll kind of go into it, and some of these. I don't know. You might call them trends. You might call them the trends of what we've seen in the past five years with whiskey. We might have, they, some of them just might be damn near obvious, but let's go ahead with the first one. And that is uh, perhaps the hottest trend that they said in whiskey this last year was single barrel picks. Um, <laughs> obvious right like okay. well welcome <laughs> whatever <laughs> well, magazine this is yeah. well beverage dynamics it's a it's a big, beverage o- dynamics yeah okay. it's a it's a big uh online usually industry only type of publication that is really focused on of course the beverage industry and so they come out with news pretty much every single day about what's happening inside the industry which i end up taking a lot of articles off of here but yeah some of these whiskey trends as i would mentioned were quite blatantly obvious so yeah all right so here's the second one uh source whiskey is sought after so not long ago words (laughs) like source and mgp were kind of vulgar and they were looked down upon the whiskey culture but not anymore it's about a 180 degree turn now and consumers are now hunting brands that source good aged whiskey and people know now that mgp and actually kind of is synonymous with the word quality and that's starting to turn a rise in new brands until Squibb and Squibb and whatever Squibb and Ross's <laughs> Rossin Ross Squib. Ross and Squib, yeah. Changes that <laughs> they're like, nope, nope, we're holding this all for ourselves. Now there's only five year and Squib that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot of good podcasts that will be coming up this year too. We've I've I've tossed around some ideas to some other uh, NDPs and and said, you know, if you want to come on and talk about a spicy topic and talk about like, you know, how much longer can we Deal with five year MGP on the market. Like, is this is this going to be the new norm? Is this something that can actually sustain bourbon? Is this going to keep people interested in the category? So we're going to have a lot of good topics about that. Yeah, that would be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pay pay close attention to that. We'll have that. I mean, oddly enough, you're probably listening to it, and the way we record things, uh, you'll get to it about May is when you listen to yeah. it. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, and this one, I think, is pretty obvious as well. And honestly, this is probably just a, a, a byproduct of the pandemic is that whiskey knowledge among consumers has likely never been higher. And everybody at this point probably knows the difference between bourbon and whiskey, if you've been inside the category now long enough. And not only just that, as people have grown, not only just know between bourbon and whiskey, but they can probably describe each of the Four Roses match bills as well. So people stuck at home during the pandemic, they started to begin studying and they were kind of preparing on a, on a bourbon class final exam. And so we've started to see the enthusiasm starting to rise and for more finer, fine details are starting to emerge about people getting really more interested in these brands.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had the time. So it makes sense that in bourbon's just one of those things. Like once you start getting it, you just, for some reason you automatically start wanting to learn more. It's like, I don't know. It, it's not like that with any other spirit. It's weird. Like, nobody cares about high noon and where they source their uh, their uh, lime juice from. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. It's just one of those, those things that there's a lot behind the cover and behind the label that you could really yeah. dive into it. And, you know, I think this is probably one category. It's synonymous with a lot of other hobbies that people might have. Granted, it's not high noons, but I'm sure even people in the wine category kind of see the, the same kind of similarities as well, just because you can figure out the different brands and labels, the vineyards, the types of grapes and all this sort quarter stuff, so.
1: Yeah, it's a, an art that, and craft, so people, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it and a lot of stories that can be built into it. So yeah, people are always enjoy that and like having connection to the brand and
0: understanding it and valuing it that much more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so here's one not so surprising as well is that whiskey tourism is exploding. Well, well, we're stuck inside for a year, so no, no real uh, surprise there. But he kind of wants to get back out. But if anyone wants to know how much longer is left in this current golden age of whiskey look no further than Louisville. So the number of new distilleries has risen exponentially while existing producers have enhanced their tourism capabilities. Uh, You could see during the lockdowns of 2020, Buffalo Trace even quadrupled the size of their visitor center and Heaven Hill also snipped the ribbon on their new $19 million visitor center expansion this past year too. So you are going to continue to see those uh, continue to grow and always a good note that if you plan to come to Louisville, and you want to go visit distilleries? Make sure you go and put, make your reservations because they do fill out and or sorry fill up quite quickly.
1: Yeah, it seems like everybody took advantage of 2020 and people being shut down and did all the renovations. And it seemed like every month there was a new visitor center opening up, cutting ribbons, grand openings, this and that. But it's it's really been an incredible in addition to the the bourbon trail. I mean, gosh, you know you look back even just five years ago, Barstown bourbon company is probably one of the only places that you would consider like unique or cool. Like the other ones were okay, but now every distillery has brought their a game and everyone is offering a great visiting experience, a dining experience, cocktail experience. And so it's just elevated the whole experience. And gosh, I was blown away this year. You know, I'd be in Barstown working on a Tuesday and Lux Rose parking lots, you know, completely packed you know every single distillery packed every single day and you're just like wow you know it's 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 mind-blowing but it, but it's awesome for the industry yep very cool to see and, that and i don't know if you need me to comment on every trend but <laughs> <I'll>...
0: <laughs> no i mean i i think i think this is probably one of the the few news articles where we can provide some somewhat expert maybe not expert opinion uh local opinion whatever it is and, and so i think this is when we could we could definitely do that
1: yeah and if I will say this, it was the first year, like a lot of locals and like friends, you know, they would try to, people would come in town and they would try to book tours, you know, and where in years past, it'd be no problem. And this year they were just like, you can't even get in like in two months, you know, it's like, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's all good things, but it's definitely becoming a hot tourist destination.
0: Yeah. And I'll be just to kind of see if the, if the difficulty in booking reservations, I know for at the very beginning, that was mostly because of COVID restrictions, COVID protocols, making sure there's not too many people around. But I don't know if that's still the thing or if they are literally at, if they're just literally at capacity, they can't yeah. do anymore. Starting this
1: summer, they all just were at capacity. You know, just the, the demand is was so much that um, it was true demand. It wasn't just like shortage, you know, of workers or social distancing and whatnot. But uh
0: Yeah. Oh, See what they need to do is they need to hire people like us and we'll have our own private company. We don't need another tour guide. We'll be the tour guides. You just give us badges and let us and some keys to walk around at every distillery and we'll just go do three or four distilleries in a day and send you on your way. You, you don't need to worry about hopping in line. You just get on our bus and then hop off the bus at the end of the day. What do you think? Yeah, it's like
1: how many distilleries would be on board after how many times we do it? Would they be like,
0: we're tired of giving you a special slot? <laughs> true, true. Oh, well, we don't need your slot. We'll just we'll just be like, ah, just go ahead and get around this group right here. We got the the expert tour with the pursuit guys happening at two twenty.
1: Yeah, that's what that's the way I did it in Napa, and that's the way to do it. You know, you you have this special guide or driver, and they they always like, oh, there's Gary. Let him to the back. You know, you felt, <laughs> you felt extra special, you know. Nice. See, we should be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure all the distilleries would let us do it. Well, unfortunately, I don't plan on starting a tourist company anytime soon. No, me either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'd with get your help and enough I'd suggestions... I'd get divorced.
0: Yeah. With your help and enough suggestions and you help us hire the right people, maybe maybe we could do it one day. That's right. <laughs> all right. So the next trend is talking about more barrel finishing. With so much demand for American whiskey, savvy brands have expanded their lines to include barrel finishing. And these different takes on distilleries' core products provide what today's consumers are starting to crave, and that's variety. However, many distillers and blenders do urge caution about over-innovation through finishing. You can risk turning away consumers with too many different options, as that happened in craft beer some years ago. I thought it was interesting to say that they could potentially have too many options. I thought that this whole variety was the spice of the whiskey world right now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on a round table or something, but I I agree with this. I mean, I think because the demand is so great and a lot of distilleries are going to have to offer younger and younger whiskey, finishing really helps like hide some of that younger flaws and kind of elevates younger distillates. So, uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm obviously it's a trend, so it's already going on, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that, uh, It even grows even more moving forward just to help kind of meet the demand and offer a good product out there.
0: I I, I agree. And that's that's definitely one angle to look at it. Um, I I also look at it to the angle of, uh, well, you know, we have a few other people doing toasted barrels. Why doesn't everybody do a toasted barrel? And, of course, that's what happened. Everybody does a toasted barrel. You know, you can get a barrel made for a couple hundred bucks. You toast it, use it once, and then, you know, chop it up and use it for smoking chips or furniture after that. I have a feeling we'll see like very old barton toasted this year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Your first prediction of 2022 right there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, the next is kind of talking about and this is I I really know it. we're going to start seeing this is their premiumization and innovation. So, consumers are willing to pay up for pricier bottles. And this quote-unquote treat-yourself mentality has only strengthened during the challenges of the pandemic. So affordable luxuries have helped us endure these difficult years. And Nicole Austin from Dickel, or the general manager and distiller at Cascade Hollow Distilling, says that customers are telling us that they that's what they want. And people have a taste for affordable luxuries to treat themselves. And something nice that's a spirit fits right in that. So I think in particular, premiumization is going to continue to grow. And we were kind of talking about this on a different thread and different kind of topic a a few days ago. And I also am going to see now this is kind of what you're going to see is the, the new premiumization, you know, Elijah Craig used to have a big red 12 on there. Um, What if Elijah Craig comes out with a big red nine? Hey, that's called premiumization today because there's not a whole lot of brands out there that can have nine year age statements.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, or even just, yeah. Anything above six would probably it already does. I mean, you see brands come out with a I mean, Heaven Hill has a seven year what bottle and bond that's it's elevated even more, you know, and you know, you get a eight year willet or something, people seven, eight year will it people go nuts over just something that's not four to five, you know, they they uh if it's not five year MGP, it's you know, it's seven. Red, it's yeah. seven. You know, that's gonna <laughs> but the two years makes a huge difference and so uh no i totally agree and i, I i'm we're in i'm in the same boat I, at home you know i'd like to have nice whiskey because out in the public or when i'm going out to dinner i don't want to spend the money on like, i like drinking cocktails and that whatnot so it's i spend i splurge on nice wine for you know at home for my wife and nice cocktails so at, when i'm out dinner so yeah it makes total sense not mm-hmm. I
0: really wish they would just change Dickel to Cascade Hollow. It just sounds so much better than well, Dickel. Maybe that's another trend <laughs> we'll see in 2022 because it did say that in this that it said she was the general manager and distiller at Cascade Hollow Distilling Company. So well,
1: weren't they coming out with like a 13 year rye or something? Cascade they did. Hollow rye.
0: They did. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that could be the changing of tides as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this uh, this next one is absolutely just like very obvious. The whiskey boom continues. Okay. Yeah. Everyone predicts more good times ahead for American whiskey. So we'll go to the next one. And that is diversity and inclusion. So the whiskey industry, much like the country, has made great strides in recent years to improve diversity and inclusivity. And more work remains. But finally, this category seems ready to shed old false stereotypes in favor of the realities and benefits of a broader group of participants. And I know that we've had great conversations uh, with like Jamar Mack from Kobe. Uh, and then we're also going to have a, another podcast coming up in February with uh, Dr. Aaron Gilliam that kind of talks about uh, black bourbon history and culture and, and their contributions to, to whiskey history as well. So I feel that you're going to start seeing this grow even more the coming year as well. Well, I mean, America is a diverse
1: country. So it, you know, that, by all means i mean that's we're we're a big collective group of people and it's america's product so yeah i i I don't see
0: why not it makes sense (laughs) yep let's move on to number nine here before we start spending too much time on these and that's pain from the glass shortage COVID 19 has royal production and shipping industries worldwide and this affects american whiskey in numerous ways distribution remains disrupted Perhaps even more threatening is the lingering glass shortage. Obtaining bottles for product is no simple task. And that includes paper labels, cork, and other closures. Those all remain in short supply during this time of disruption, which we know all about that firsthand right now. Yeah,
1: totally. And uh, you read a lot of these you know, big companies like Pernod Ricard, Diageo, Brown Forman. They missed a lot of targets you know, on their earnings because of supply chain issues. It wasn't because of sales. It was because they couldn't get product out. And, uh, yeah, it just seems, I don't know. It's like COVID. It's never going to end the supply chain
0: issues. Yeah. So, that, and what Jack Daniels had to switch over some of their bottling over to plastic because right. there was no, because there was no glass. Yeah. Was so this one, uh, this also makes sense because we're in this realm too. And that's sh- social media will shape whiskey culture. So influencers on social media already largely sway over consumer sentiment. Now another growing area of the online ecosystem has significantly affected whiskey culture. The size and number of whiskey groups on social media has spiked during the pandemic and people stuck at home on their phones, and their computers they have joined these groups in droves. So across the country groups for cities, regions and smaller States have no doubt. have started to double triple, even quadruple in membership sizes, reaching thousands of people in a single group has become common. And so that's, we, we talk about the influencer world, but that's more or less what we talk about, the online, the Facebook groups, the uh, super, super suburb Louisville bourbon hunters group, you know, whatever, whatever those are going to be. Um, people have found really a niche and a calling to kind of create this, this sort of bond. But that's, again, extrapolated over tens of thousands of hundreds or hundreds of thousands of people.
1: Yeah. We tried to tell whiskey companies this, how long we've been doing this? Five, Six years seven years
0: and they didn't believe us, but now they do, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been, we've been seeing these things happen. Sure. Sure. Yep. All right. Last one, number 11. And this one, I don't know. It's a little bit, little bit dicey maybe, but whiskey prices are going to continue to rise. So if you follow any of these groups and it's among the hottest talking points is that whiskey prices are going up, 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 up. And retailers are increasingly stock trending brands for prices that people will pay on secondary. So on social media, some shops have received derogatory nicknames like museum. So enter there to see rare and dusty exhibits behind the glass and at prices you possibly can't afford, and then you exit the museum. But someone has to be buying these, right? So these museums now skip the middleman, which is the lifeblood of the secondary market, which is the flipper. So mocking museums can be fun, but these stores do reflect the massive demand for American whiskey. And yes, fewer folks that can afford these trendiest bottles is unfortunate, but this is not a sign of a broken system, much the opposite. They say that the secondary market indicates that the whiskey market is flourishing. I know we could take this one in 20 different ways here. <laughs> we'll we'll eventually see this keep going because, you know, selling MRT Lee for $50 at the retail store is just not going to be it, it you can't trend. It can't keep doing that, especially when people are paying $250 and snapping it up on the secondary without a problem. So anybody that does have access to $50, they're just going to flip it. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say, well, save it for the people that are going to drink it. That's just not the way the market's going to start working anymore. You look at shoes, you look at anything else, it's a collectible. This is, I have a feeling that this is going to get worse before it gets better.
1: One would think, you know, in probably, I'd say in probably three to maybe four more years, we'll start getting a lot of the that distillate that's been laid down, you know in the past year will start to come of age to be those premium offerings but still i think the demand is so great that it's gonna res- still res- hold and respect a higher price you know and so i, I still keep thinking it'll go higher and higher i mean it, you look at the wine industry you know or any nickel and nickels not going down in value <laughs> or price it just keeps getting you know it's just it's just expensive and good wine you know I think the same is going to hold true for all these bourbon brands that have this high value now.
0: Yep. And even talking about supply chain issue, I mean, one thing that we've been doing on ourselves is we've been absorbing the cost of everything that's gone into our cost of goods for all the whiskey that we've been putting down. I mean, from when we started putting down early last year to what we have to do this year, what's it gone up? 10,
1: 15%? Oh, at least. I mean, hell, even aged whiskey went up, gosh, probably 20 i think 23 percent. you mm-hmm. know just for like one to two year old whiskey <laughs> yeah that, um, so
0: there's there's no way that that can't be passed on to the consumer at some point so even retail prices are gonna have to go up at some point yep and people just keep paying them so too you gotta i don't know well
1: it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out and we could talk about this for two hours but i'm <laughs> yep. sure you want to move
0: on <laughs> well let's go ahead and do it because this one is um it's an interesting one. So let's go ahead and put it out there. So the Tennessee Alcoholic Beverage Commission or the Tennessee ABC, they have criminally, criminally charged a collector for selling a bottle of Van Winkle without a license. So undercover agents with a Tennessee ABC messaged with a 35-year-old, should we say his name or should we leave it? should we just keep it anonymous just
1: leave think? it yeah
0: all right well it's it's available out there if you want to google it but they messaged me don't, 30- don't be a chris hansen yeah we don't need to do <laughs> this. so they message a 35 year old guy uh we'll just we'll just put his name as uh we'll say joe so 35 year old joe who said they had posted a 12 year old bottle of van winkle bourbon for sale in a private facebook group used as a secondary sales market the agent agreed to meet and purchase that 750 milliliter bottle and Joe showed up at the agreed-upon location, which was a Music Valley Cracker Barrel, and they completed the <laughs> transaction. I know, I thought get Cracker s- Barrels were safe. Yeah, get <laughs> some spiced out, baked apples on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it sounds delicious right now. And at that time, the agent was notified that he had sold liquor Without a proper, oh, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Joe was notified that he had sold liquor without a proper license and was issued a state citation for possessing, transporting, and selling alcoholic beverages for resale without a license. He was then booked on charges earlier this month.
1: Yeah, this is just such a waste of time. I mean, uh, sucks. I, I feel like it's Chris Hansen and Dateline. You know, there these cops are on message boards like trolling, looking for sellers. It's like, come on. It's such a waste of taxpayer dollars. Like, get over it. I mean, come on. Uh, go find
0: real criminals. It's it's very much a uh, kind of a slap on the wrist sort of thing. Now, the other thing, well, who knows? Maybe there's an ulterior motive. Maybe the, the agent was like, I really got to get myself a v- bottle of Van Winkle for, right. a, Christmas, <laughs> for a Christmas present yeah. this year. <laughs> Let's go ahead and arrest somebody and just use yeah, that Yeah, I want to. I got to really get it for my lieutenant, for my sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> see, we solved crime and I got you a bottle of Van Winkle at the same time. It's a win-win. Yeah, we should see if the charges were actually filed or <laughs> the guy just was told that. And he was like, oh. I know. Yeah. That does stink, though. It's like, it's one of those things. That you, you think Cracker Barrel's is a safe place and then all of a sudden, you know, you end up with handcuffs. Yeah,
1: you think you're just going to play the pegboard game and <laughs> trade a bottle of Van Winkle. Next thing you know, you're... <laughs>
0: <laughs> locked painted, up painted citation <laughs> yep all right so we have also now entered dry january um i'm not following along i don't think ryan's following along since i see him drinking right now yep no i no <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of people that are doing it and of course there's uh some other good side effects by you know not you know, staying off and of drinking for a month. But the other kind of side effect we look at this is looking at sales. And so Drizzly's non-alcoholic spirit sales have soared 290% back in 2021. And this is actually led by gin alternatives. And Drizzly said that non-alcoholic spirit sector is one of the fastest growing subcategories with a 200% share in 2021. And despite the category's 0.3% share of the alcohol sector, retailers should not write them off completely. Of the top 10 non-alcoholic products sold on Drizzly, four are based on gin, but they did note that there are popular uh, alternatives to whiskey as well that work in aperitifs and also work in spritzes. However, this is what I kind of found weird is that the average price per unit of non-alcoholic spirits is $28.60, which is higher than the average (laughs) price of liquor, which is $28.10. So Drizzly found that... This, this actually indicates that consumers are willing to pay a premium price for the subcategory and that 52% of these non-alcoholic spirit shoppers uh, were female and the majority were led by millennials at 69% of the majority with all happening in major markets, uh, or sorry, ma- major metro areas and stuff like that. I, I just, i i believe me, I'm all for the cocktail mocktail movement and, and kind of do what you want. I just find it a little crazy that people are paying that amount of money for virtues at the, end of the day
1: yeah and it's like why so, I, I don't understand because i'm calorie conscious <laughs> why waste the calories on something that does nothing for you and i i have yet to taste a good alternative i've tried and i just can't like they just don't taste good like to me at all i'd rather just drink like a whatever Lacroix or something <laughs> you know at a party
0: LaCroix. <laughs> a, a v8 with some you know cocktail soda no nah, it's too soda. much sodium
1: too much i'm sodium. just saying
0: it's just one of those things that I, I don't know we're we're definitely not the target market for it and that's okay
1: no no totally uh I, and i always i always love when they say it's grown 200 and i'm like yeah 10 cases to, <laughs> to 20 cases is <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot of <laughs> you know it's like they make it like this uh, I I should
0: shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay because we've got one more non alcoholic story. I have a feeling we're going to have a few of these uh, just because of dry January and people are trying to catch up on the train and kind of talk about it a little bit. But here's one that came from progressivegrocer.com. And they say that our shopper is really shying away uh, moving to this trend. So research confirms that study and demand in general in the general alcohol market is that young consumers are more open to alcohol free lifestyles. Recent data from the e-commerce platform Micmac shows that many consumers' early resolutions don't last very long. According to the firm's shopping index, online traffic and add-to-cart rates for alcohol actually increased by the second week in January of 2021. In addition to Micmac's findings, that supports steady demand for adult beverages and strong opportunities in the e-commerce space. Other studies have shown that the stress of the past two years has affected alcohol consumption greatly. A RAND Corporation study, for instance, found that alcohol consumption rose 14% during the pandemic. And in January and beyond, there's likely room for both as brands like Budweiser and Molson Coors has, have also added low or non-alcoholic products, and others have also launched better for you alcoholic beverages. So kind of just, yeah. just to show you, some of, these, some of these trends only last two weeks.
1: Yeah, and it is it's funny it's with the younger generation too but you know they they don't have any stress in their (laughs) lives. they're like just you you don't have kids
0: yet you don't know what stress is
1: yeah you don't have kids you're like having like just got out of college you have you're just living the dream like you can do whatever you want all day (laughs) and you and cannabis is legal too so you can partake in that so in some states in some states yeah uh
0: we don't know your no, life, I mean, but, but we, don't, we know what our lives are. Yeah,
1: whatever is best for everyone. you know. Everybody, I'm glad there's options for people. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, so this is uh, one that's a story that kind of came from our own internal Discord community. And so I want to give a shout out to Paul and a lot of the people that helped set this up. And, and I'm going to kind of give it a little bit of a, a rundown of what it, uh, because there was a lot of... Headlines that got taken by the Kentucky tornadoes, and that's really what dominated headlines over the past few weeks with the Kentucky bourbon benefit and everything like that. But a few weeks ago, tens of thousands of people were forced to evacuate their homes around the small town of Superior, southeast of Boulder, uh, small town of Superior, which is southeast of Boulder, Colorado. This happened back on December 30th, 2021, and they were they had to evacuate little to no warning. So it's led to believe that a small shed fire was the cause that ultimately destroyed around 991 homes and damaged 127 one homes and possibly claimed two lives in a matter of a few hours. Responders had no way to control the fire with sustained winds gusting up to 115 miles per hour. However, several local bourbon groups immediately set up charity drives and bourbon bottles to support in the raffle, and the Bourbon Pursuit Discord group rose to the occasion. And initially, it started off as a one-bottle donation by member James from Colorado, but however, that quickly mushroomed into 48 hours of giving, and Discord members donated everything they could, which were premium samples, quality bottles, and even headphones and sneakers, whatever it took. Ultimately, 25 donors made 38 prize packages and over 80 different Discord members who contributed funds raised nearly $6,200 through steady and small donations over two days with the proceeds going to the Boulder County Wildfire Fund. It was special to see the Pursuit Discord platform uses this vehicle for people across the country to quickly respond and support a local need. A mega disaster for called for a mega razzle. So more information on how to donate, you can go to... Uh, www.comfound.org that's c-o-m-m found.org i I missed out on this somehow but then i saw the
1: end result and i was blown away and our discord community is it's so awesome i mean they they do these razzles all the time for charities and you know this one was just it was a home run but uh, shout out to gosh everyone on there thank you so much it's it's we can change the world with bourbon always tell people and that people don't believe me but we can it's a
0: a great community. Yep. And and again, thank you everybody that does support and, and it's a part of that. I mean, it, it it goes more than just Ryan and I. I mean, this is something that those guys all come together and they do something that really helps support the greater good. So it's awesome to see that. So big shout out to everybody in the Discord who was a part of it and kind of stepped in to to make this a reality. Really cool of y'all. Yes, totally. And our last story as we kind of end up this first segment is kind of going back to the tornado things, but this one was a little bit different. So Reverend Jim Sitchko decided to auction off items to do his part of helping victims in the December tornadoes. And this auction featured a bottle of OFC Vintage 1995 Buffalo Trace, which I don't know how a a priest gets a hold of these bottles and we can't, but hey, congratulations. Cracker barrel. Must be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But not only did he donate one of those, but he also donated a University of Kentucky basketball that was signed by head coach John Calipari that had also been blessed by Pope Francis. So I did wow. see the, I did see the image and he posted it on Twitter and the image on the ball actually says to Pope Francis, "Go Cats!" and has John Calipari's signature. And he actually showed him with Pope Francis holding the basketball and and Pope Francis kind of like blessing it and giving it back to him. So the same person that won, uh, they actually got both auctions and paid a total of around $16,698. So the story of this is that back during a trip to the Vatican, he gave the bourbon and the basketball to Pope Francis, who then gave it back to them with a blessing for the basketball. And he, uh, Reverend John Sitchko told WLEX 18 that it's just another form of ministry, and it's another form of compassion and human heart, and we can all do something. That's pretty cool. I like that story. Pope Francis, I like him a lot. He's a good dude. Good way to feel good to to kind of end out that segment. That's for sure. Yep. The Jesuits, they're good guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be right back with some more bourbon release news. But first, here's a quick message from a word from our partners. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus Magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. shopify.com slash bourbon. Welcome back, everybody. Just a little bit of bourbon release news. It's the first week of the year, so people are still trying to get their, their, their press releases ready, trying to figure out how we can make waves. Um, what edition of, you know, in the antique collection is not going to be in there this year. Um, you know, we only have a little bit to talk about, but I'm sure there'll be more here in the, in the upcoming weeks. So the first one is our last headline for the night, which is that Whistlepig Whiskey has launched a new limited edition, non-alcoholic whiskey called Piggyback Devil's Slide. Now I found that weird because I thought it was going to be Devil's Side, you know, they have like Devil's Cut, Devil's Slide, but it's Devil's Slide, like going down a slide. So the Vermont based whiskey makers will donate 100% of the proceeds from the sale of the alcohol free offering to bartenders across the United States to help offset their lost earnings during the January drought, says the brand. And of course, this refers back to uh, dry January. So Whistle Pig, Piggyback, Devil's Slide is distilled from a 100% rye, aged for six years. And then, as they quote, say, Undistilled to a uniquely quaffable aged non-whiskey, according to the brand, it has the nose, palate, and finish of a Whistle Pig favorite, but without the morning-after pitfalls. It's currently on sale for fifty dollars for seven hundred fifty mL, and it can be purchased via the brand's official website. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about shipping, I guess.
1: Alcohol what? across because it's oh
0: yeah, this is not alcohol. That's true. That's true. You can just order order from whatever. That's that's a that's a good way to kind of say that. I do like that. So is that a jab at dry January or is it like, I don't know. That's interesting. I think it is. I mean, I I feel it might be a a jab at it. I mean, if they are basically saying we're going to go and help bartenders because people are not going to have, you know, not going to be drinking whiskey. Well, we'll sell people a somewhat thing that is looking like whiskey and we'll donate everything back to bartenders. I I think it's kind of like that. Um, I mean, nobody ever thinks about the adverse effects of what a dry January means to the entire chain of people that rely on this depend of business. on it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Unintended consequences.
1: Well, I, from what I've read, try January continues to like really wet February. So it like, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, counterbalances, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of like it. That's pretty cool.
0: And I hope it tastes good. I want to try it. Yeah, I do. I do for that, that reason as well. I, I think we, we both have a, a common friend that started a bourbon substitute or like a whiskey substitute type of company. I haven't tried it yet, um, but I'm always interested to kind of see if these actually taste like whiskey because we know that we talk to people all the time and they try to either hyperage whiskey or they have some crazy science chemical, uh, you know, we can extract esters that don't taste good and make your unaged whiskey taste like six-year but I don't know about anybody that says, "Oh, we're going to take your six-year whiskey, get rid of all the alcohol." <laughs> it's like, wait yeah. a minute, that was that was the whole point of this thing. Yeah, I've yet I've tried
1: many non-alcoholic wines, and they taste like Welch's grape juice. You know, it's not even close to, you know, the actual product. So, surely with technology, they'll get there
0: soon. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or you just don't ruin, you know, a couple hundred years of tradition. Maybe maybe that's one way to look at it. That's, yeah, you know, or just drink a LaCroix <laughs> or yeah. do that. At some point, LaCroix is going gonna to start paying, paying us royalties or something for keep using their name. Yeah. Or a SodaStream. There you go. SodaStream. <laughs> Make your own. All right. So our last story of the evening is that Brownwater Spirits, the maker of O.H. Ingram's River Aged Whiskey, they have announced the release of its fourth expression, which is the Ingram River Age Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So since launching with one product in its home base of Nashville in October, 2020, yeah, it's only been that long. Ingram river age now has four expressions available in nearly 20 States. So of course, remember founder Hank Ingram, he was back on the podcast. You can go and search for in our feed. He said that the release of their much anticipated weeded straight bourbon is the perfect start for what will be a big year for O H Ingram. And, uh, he said that, that, this is one of the only whiskeys in the world to be, or should, should I say, this is one of the only whiskeys in the world to be aged inside of a proprietary floating rickhouse. It is 105 proof and will be available for purchase in 14 states and online via seal box for
1: $70. So it's a weeded bourbon, is it age dated or? No,
0: not no age, age dated. Date. So it's at least four though. And does it say four. Indiana or Kentucky? Uh, if I had to guess it was probably I mean from last time that we had talked to him and I think he was about as open with it as possible is that pretty much yeah, everything is from well, I knew they had, well
1: no they they were doing contract at Green River too but I'm not sure if Green River
0: have, did a weeded product for them or not but good question I'm interested yeah I, I should have asked before we started on this to go bug the PR person be like can you show me the back yeah. of the label like what's it say on there uh, they were like hell no
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, quit asking somebody to have questions. <laughs> yeah. Just read the press release. We see you <laughs> <laughs> Not you say it. I'm actually going to look at the press release for now and figure out if it said anything. Okay. I, I took a second to actually go and look at it. Uh, it doesn't say it in the press release, but I did pull up the actual label and it says straight bourbon whiskey across it. But then underneath of it, it says Ballard County, Kentucky. Now, Ballard County, Kentucky, is where the riverboats and everything of where they age everything. But the fact that they did not call it Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey makes me think that it's probably Indiana. Indiana, mm. gotcha. And it well, wouldn't be a blend of the two because then they'd have to call it Blended Straight Bourbon Whiskies. Yep, gotcha. All right. Well,
1: you'd be interested to try it. See how those floating grick houses. Uh, what they do
0: yeah we'll have a sample on the way we'll be able to do a whiskey quickie here in, in no time well i say no time but we've got a lot of stuff already in the queue in some time <laughs> at at some time at some time <laughs> yeah. here us. probably back in may as well so yep. stay, stay tuned for the next five months but that'll do it for this uh this year's this week's whiskey uh well, i was gonna say whiskey we're, quick. we're done for the year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say. And done well <laughs> <laughs> i'm stumbling over my words already here but that will do it for this week in bourbon want to say thank you, everybody for sticking with us. We've got a lot of great bourbon news. I mean, we just started doing this particular show back in October of last year, and I'm glad everybody likes it. We see this different kinds of stats and it gets the same kind of download numbers that our Thursday episodes do. So I know that you all enjoy kind of seeing what's the latest happening bourbon news as well. So we'll continue bringing it and you'll just keep listening. But with that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week.